millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture. Michael Hamplett, Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Monday Night Raw, but also Monday Night Raw, Dynamite, Rampage, baby, and of course NXT 2. But oh, so it's pay per views and premium live events. We also have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a video quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Mananao Raw. And what did you make of all the WrestleMania backlash fallout? It was shit. That's Whoa! It's easy on the time stamp, isn't it? It's, we've it just was f***ing pointless. Yeah. F***ing useless shit. There you go. It saves you, like, scrambling through the episode to find the swears. I'm pretty high on wrestling right now. Um, really, really, really enjoyed Backlash. Uh, even the mid dynamites, I'm able to just enjoy the good bits. It's like wrestling. When you're a big fan and you need it as your salvation at any point in life, it can be there for you, and it's so nice. And then there's Monday Night Raw, <laughs> the show that I prefer of the two, by the way. Still, in contrast to SmackDown, which is even worse. This was garbage. This was absolute rubbish. It doesn't, not to put ourselves over, but it isn't worthy of the analysis we're going to try and impose upon it over the next hour or so. So many matches had so little to grab onto. The finishes were WWE at their absolute lazy worst. and Nothing's lo- advanced. Lots of genuine direction that I felt coming out of Backlash. There was loads of characters. There's one where, angle. Well, there was loads of characters, where, or like loads of results. I was saying to Cedric this morning, like they made me actually want some of their bollocks rematch booking. There was two or three matches where I was like, I will take another go of that. Mm-hmm. Or I'm interested in what that character's doing next, what that character's doing next. They just drained me of it on this episode of Raw. They'll fix it again by the next premium live event. I like those shows. Those Sunday shows are, the, are becoming the way to watch WWE because they'll have fixed just enough that like you'll get to watch the wrestlers wrestle and the matches will be good. Mm. Or you'll, having not had to watch the week-by-week angle advancement, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember them from the last show. And now he's fighting him or she's fighting her. But my word, what a lazy phoned-in pile of garbage this was. This was such dreary, corny, nothing happening, do the same thing again until we get to a stadium and have to maybe do a new match. (laughs) Content that I can scarcely believe that anyone can like this. I've got, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I don't really know how the mind works, but it's surely got to be impossible for anyone who isn't brainwashed to be engaged 
with this. Mm. It, it, I'm, it's surely impossible. You have to have been a total... Either you've got no discerning taste whatsoever, you just ha- are a creature of habit, or you've been brainwashed. I was brainwashed once, <laughs> once upon a time when I was in my teens. I know what it feels like, but then I grew up and I touched grass, <laughs> got some bitches, and I started scaring the holes a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they must see the little hashtag WWE Raw in one corner. USA Network in one corner. Hashtag WWE Raw in the other. And the WWE Ident logo in the bottom. And just think, well, I could watch nothing. I could watch the old snowstorm on a VHS and just <laughs> think, thank you, Vince, for this great work. <laughs> I love you. I will say, I, I'm, I completely agree with, with the majority of what you said. But I think there were elements of this show that I did quite enjoy. Okay. And I'm, I know I'm so often trying to present as some sort of balance... But there were elements of it. Kevin Owens wear a wig for you, mate. Like edges, scales. No, just in terms of the fact that, like you say, Ripley's makeup. Coming (laughs) off the back, yeah, the scales. Uh, Coming off the back of WrestleMania Backlash, which uh, it was a real again backhanded compliment. Pleasant surprise from what we went into. I thought, you know, I wasn't happy at the way they went went about it, but elements of this I thought were necessary for what we're getting to next. Now that is very much grading on WWE's curve because I know what they're coming. I know what they're doing next. But in terms of the stuff that they, like the opener, I thought was really enjoyable. Like Cedric hit upon something there. Like if you have no discerning taste, lots of WWE fans have no discerning taste, right? So when we talk about grading on a curve, is this should this be not a wrestling thing? Should we sort of imagine what it must be like to review uh, the Big Bang Theory instead of WWE? Hell. Right, yeah. So, like, but the Big Bang Theory... i watch that than this. But no. the Big Bang Theory is just... Well, the, uh, the, the, a time difference. I suppose you only wasted half an hour of Big Bang Theory. Well, things happen on it. Like, the, the dirt worst of sitcoms is it's something like... development. Like, but if you... storylines int- happen. I'm not shooting on Big Bang Theory fans as such, but I guess I am, because I think you've got no discerning taste if you enjoy the Big Bang yeah. Theory. But then, as a result, or Mrs. Brown's Boys, another example, probably a more egregious one. Like, if you watch Mrs. Brown's Boys and you think that's good, I think you're wrong. And I'd love for us to sit and have a conversation about why that is. And then I wouldn't want to talk to someone who likes that. Send you the way of... Gilmore Girls. That sucks. No, the first Gilmore two Girls. seasons are very, very... No, Lorelai needs to die. I hate her so it's much. A, it's a really nice small town comfort blanket of a yeah. show. I watch WWE and no one talks like she does in Gilmore Girls. This is a hill I will die on. I talked like that when I was a teenager. No, oh, no, I was no a, shot you talked like that. I, 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 I aspired to. You know, that, the, the, you know the daughter's meant oh, to yeah, do whatever... Oh. I was, I was a pretentious twat as well. So I can I gravitate to <laughs> Oh, we like, like coffee. That. I'll piss off. Right. Sorry, we got on a bit of a rant on this on the WrestleMania backlash stream. Everyone really hates the Gilmore Girls. It's, I don't it's know the worst it TV show I've ever seen. Because I quite like the Gilmore Girls. I well, found I, it like, the first two, three seasons are really I good. I found it quite comfy during a period of unemployment. On <laughs> like it was on E4 own. twice a day and I was like, I need this because Total Jobs is making me want to cry. So like, I think I watched this instead. It's awful. She's, uh, she's, and also, a lot of the stuff that they do in that, uh, they're not good people. Like, oh, no, Stop yeah. presenting them as like good people. She's awful. She's defined by... Ugh. Stars like, hollow. She's have a uh, coffee o'clock, is it? I'll piss off. It's, it's, close, it's close to hell in heaven, Stars Hollow, I think. You just I love Stars Hollow. It's just a nice place. You'd love to live there. That's the inviting warm embrace of Gilmore Girls. Oh, that's and we go down Leaks in the morning and get like a big... Who's that nobody who's like, who can't get a job or he's working everywhere? What a bellend he is as well. Oh, like, they're twat who runs the coffee shop. They can all just do one. Luke is a nice guy. No. Yeah. Put, put your cap around properly, you idiot, all right? And sort yourself out and stop hanging around with this stupid bin. I don't like I don't like your mum and dad, <laughs> but I don't think he's supposed yeah, to. Yeah, they're, they're, they're privileged. They're supposed to have like a bit of a... You're supposed to be on Lorelai's side, so you're supposed to have a troubled relationship with them just as 
Jesus, I can't remember where any of this was coming from. All I was trying to say was, in trying to think about the undiscerning viewer enjoying WWE, that is a completely different form of analysis than what we give it. What yeah. most wrestling podcasts or coverage gives it. Like, how... How do people that watch The Big Bang Theory that know it's garbage, that then, how, how do they talk about it? Because, well, well, because those wrestling fans exist and talk about Raw. Well, they talk about, oh, I really enjoyed this episode because things happened on it that didn't happen four or five episodes ago. Mm. What's next for this relationship? Oh, it's yeah. taking a twist, it's taking a turn, or, oh, they're having a falling out, oh, they might be getting back together, oh, there's a new romantic interest. Things happen mm. in terrible TV shows. WWE Raw and SmackDown are literally the two worst television shows in all of creation. See, I disagree <laughs> because I think there's flashes of brilliance on, on Raw and SmackDown, and I, I've never got that from Big Bang Theory. I mean, there's flashes of brilliance in Marvel films, films, isn't there? But they're, they're of absolutely no... Yeah, and they, they make loads of money as well. Credible so, uh, worth at this point. I don't encourage him as well. How much money do your film make? Oh, uh, loser. There we go. There's the WWE fan take. Right, there. Scorsese oh. needs to cut his films down by an hour and a half at this point. He's problematic as well. Like they, What they've decided to do, because they're idiots, that make money in spite of themselves, is that they've got WrestleMania. Rave-reviewed. Even my cynical dickheads like me thought Night One was awesome, right? Yeah. They've One of the, the great WWE pay-per-views in a yes. lot of ways, yeah. They've Pretty got the <laughs> most attention possible on this product, and everyone, even the cynics, had a pretty good time yeah. or a total blast. Mm. And then they decide, right, okay, let's just do this again for two months until we have to fill a stadium again. So what would you say? How do we do it? Do, uh, stupid finishes. In, in the words of Brian Alvarez, what would you say they've done with all this goodwill and excitement? Ooh, do we? <laughs> <laughs> He's Irish now, in our Yeah, yeah. Why am I watching this? Why does anyone watch this? They are just, it's so carny. Let's drag out the stuff that's got little interest because the stupid idiots, the seals, go, ooh, stadium. <laughs> oh, a red cage, and then a stadium. That'll keep them. That'll keep keep them warm till September or something. Yeah, nothing, this nothing is happening. Nothing's getting advanced in any meaningful or gripping way. It's just the same thing. Uh, spoiler alert, the opener was fine. It was over, so it was a short, brisk, over watch with some cool moves. I did not not enjoy it. Yeah. But I'm thinking I've been watching this for months. Nah, man, like, WWE's made, like, all that money this year, and I'm concerned about AEW's growth. <laughs> uh, move on. <laughs> RK Bro but, came but out. He's in the Hall of Fame. Who are we to question him? RK Bro came out to start the show, um, and it was announced that they were going to open the show defending the titles. They cut a promo talking about how they uh, lost this hard-fought battle at WrestleMania Backlash, but they were going to win the war. Uh, they were still keen on the whole title unification thing uh, just because Roman Reigns ripped up the contract. Um, it's because he did that because he knows that the Usos can't hold a candle to RK Bro. Um, and uh, Riddle said that they were going to go to SmackDown, demand that Reigns give them a unification match uh, because Usos apparently can't make decision for themselves. Uh, that's all because Reigns has no confidence in his cousins. Out comes the Street Profits to interrupt Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins. They remind them that they've been waiting patiently. They're next in line. They want to be the ones to unify the titles. They want the smoke, and Riddle responded, RK Bro 420 says we just smoked your ass. I didn't get that reference, Hamlet. What was that to do with? Um, I believe it was to do with that herb, which you'll have to go in Urban Dictionary to find out what that means. Sid, how did you feel uh, about this? Watching this, I was like, oh, stand ready. <laughs> I think in terms of terminology, in terms of terminology, these were touching grass. This is touching grass, smoking grass. Your ass is grass, and I'm gonna smoke it. <laughs> Pubes. <laughs> Shut up, you pube. <laughs> 
Uh, and then we got the uh, the opening match for the uh, tag titles, which was really enjoyable, unsurprisingly. RK Bro are great. Street Profits just look so good as a team. They don't really know what they are still mm. right now. They did that sort of weird semi-heel turn, and then WWE went, no, you're back being babyfaces for a bit, and now you sense that the next move is to do another heel turn to... to to just run this back, basically. But anyway, in terms of the match, uh, we go to a break after another insane flip dive by Montez Ford. Uh, Orton gets his hot tag and gets that amazing reaction that he's been getting for, what, six months, it feels yeah. like now. Um, but there was one moment where you maybe thought that the titles were going to change hands because Orton was holding one of the Street Profits in, uh, in place on the outside. Riddle uh, flips off the ropes, but the uh, Street Profit, whoever he was, moves out of the way. Uh, Riddle collides with Orton, uh, Riddle gets sent back into the ring. Ford hits him with a frog splash. One, two. Orton dives in just in the nick of time to break up the cover. Uh, Ford goes for another splash and a spectacular leaping RKO as Riddle got to his feet. Wins RK bro the match. You get a huge bear uh, for that amazing RKO yet again. And Orton seemed incredibly impressed with his, uh, his young charge. Rule proven exception from all the criticism at the start of the show. I still really like the Raw Tag Division. Um, the match was great. They will, this pairing, like all of them, will unfortunately run out of steam Like by the time you're supposed to care about like a title change or the official heel turn because you've seen the, the matches so often. But all the wrestlers, like when it was Alpha Academy or like when it was Rollins and Owens or whomever, they continue to rise to the challenge of having to wrestle all the time. Um, it's like when the house show matches would be there to perfect the one meeting you would have on a pay-per-view or whatever. Now they perfect it on Raw to try and have a better one. And they, <laughs> but luckily, they keep challenging themselves. You get the, the Orton Hot Tag. It shows no sign of slowing down in terms of how cool it is. I like the... Uh, I, they are half and half out on the Street Profits heel turn, but I, I think it's their attempt at actual character development. Mm -hmm. I think you, what you're watching... This could be generous. You're it's watching, very generous. Yeah. The Street Profits don't necessarily want to be bad guys, but it's going to go that way because they're not getting what they need mm. out of being good guys. And like when this company could book, that was often a device for turning characters heel. It would be slow burn and you would you would be able to track back after the fact where the turn was happening in, in their minds before they actually did it, you know? Um, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. I like that Orton and Riddle, having lost the match at the pay-per-view, have still got the false confidence against the Usos because the baby faces and they should think we want to go at this, we want to come back, we want to try. You know, I, I wish they'd just won on Sunday. But yes, <laughs> like fair enough needless. for them. Fair in them having the confidence to go ahead and do it anyway. Um, the show probably doesn't deserve the quality of the matches in the division because they will run out eventually. They'll run out of teams, they'll run out of high quality matches. Didn't hate any of this, but it's the best of a rotten bunch. I hated it. I would describe this as a hot, insulting match. Because what happened in the main event of WrestleMania Backlash is that it's just so, such a huge indictment of this company's inability to want to do anything or to put the place, the pieces in place to actually do things. So they just do nothing and then they tell you the things that mean nothing mean less than nothing, not 24 hours later. Again, I don't want to go on the full scale rant. Shinsuke and Nakamura, world title contender to Lumberjack. Title unification, no, not yet. That's a bit too big for just stupid WrestleMania backlash. Uh, let's just do a non-title six-man tag instead because we don't want to do the Drew match because even though it's not that hot, Drew McIntyre's nowhere near as hot as he was in late 2019, early 2020. He's worked three pretty useless programs. He's got no momentum. He doesn't feel like on this, he's a big star on this big epic quest to get to Roman Reigns, the big bad, the, the, the final boss. Um, Jinder Mahal, nothing program. Happy Corbin, interminable, overlong, 
no stakes, rubbish, swords, bollocks. Then Sami Zayn, some mid-card prelim comedy. And then, all right, he's arrived at Roman Reigns. It's had some epic quest. He's got there because he's the least broken <laughs> Vince McMahon-friendly WWE act on SmackDown. And they think, and they'll actually do it as well because they can fool enough people. Save Drew McIntyre. He's, he's a non-entity, realistically. I say this with dread. I think he might win the title at Clash of the Castle. Ah, Genu- I'm... I'm not endorsing it. I think he might do it. The more I watch it, it's going to be Super Showdown. Yeah, it is in Wales. But they're going to want to present that. As, already got the house. Well, true. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just I think they might put the title on him. I think they'll be more than happy to have Roman Reigns lose it there as a way to then get it back as soon as they're back in America. As soon as they need another show, like I, I just have a feeling they're going to try and force a like a British Bulldog adjacent. You know, like it's just the same as British Bulldog winning at Wembley as a Scottish guy winning in Wales. But, you know, that's that's how they're going to present it as the British guy. Like, they're, they're even, like, giving him credit for inventing the show. Like, Drew talked this into it. I, honestly, unless they find Tyson a, a Fury, Tyson Fury pointless gimmick thing for him, like, I think that's where they're going. Anyway, so the whole point is, they do this six-man tag at WrestleMania Backlash because they don't want to do Drew yet. Not the big Drew match. It's not even a big match. It's not, and it's not the first match isn't gonna, even going to go to a worthwhile finish as well. That's another Probably thing. Probably not going to have a finish. Yeah. yeah. So this is, uh, all this is annoying me. So they do this six-man tag. It's a 10-minute house show, seven-minute, really, really good six-man. Uh, Riddle loses clean in the middle. This entire segment and the win here functioned only to say, oh, well, it didn't happen. There's literally no consequence to anything you watched for 20 minutes of your precious life on this planet on the Sunday night means nothing because in the first segment, the first two segments of Raw, you've been told, does not matter, RK, RK bro, are fine, best friends again. There's no gravity in the defeat because there was no stakes and obviously we're still good. We're still great. What a waste of my time this show is. Nothing happens and I've got no idea how anyone can tolerate it. But a good match though. Who cares? <laughs> I fair, could, it's a fair point. I could go on YouTube and watch a great match. Yeah, fair. I went on YouTube yesterday and watched a free, much better match than this. It was between... Only uh, Biff Busick and Brody King on the recommendation of Andy Murray, and it was amazing. Uh, what do good you? Ma- who cares about good matches? What do you make of the? New, that mean nothing. The new stage that they interview people on, because next up, love it. I absolutely love it. I want it to be a feature. Mm. I did find it hilarious that it's Tony Schiavone in ring interview adjacent, and Cody's opponent got it, and not Cody himself. <laughs> that was all very weird. Please, please, more of this. Mm. It just feels like it's way more prestige. The backstage promo segment has been bastardized as this yes. um, interruption delivery system, this conflict generator that is all very wacky when you consider the the, the geography and the, the blocking. P- more of this, please. I th- I was wowed by this. The idea I thought it, it was wonderful. The, the very idea of it came together. Like it's it's not. I'm not saying like Vince McMahon invented it or anything. But the very idea of that, once he got into the big buildings, once he had Dick Ebersol's help at making WWE look massive in the mid '80s, and instead of having it in front of say like a banner, a WF banner backstage, or you would see it like I, I think about like an AWA promo, for example, a Ric Flair in the space station studio, or whatever. Like the whole point was what the world is watching. And they literally are. You've got, like, an arena that looks like it's got 100,000 people in just because of how it's shot, even though it's only got, like, 6,000 or whatever. And all eyes are on this one stage, and it's me and Gene with the microphone or whatever. That was so sublime because you immediately, like, no matter what you're watching, could be friggin', like, Hacksaw Jim Duggan just saying ho. But in that very moment, he felt like the biggest star in the world because all eyes were on him. Mm. Like, it does, honestly, it places such prestige on whoever's on that. That podium sort of felt sacred. Like, because if you know, if like, yeah, uh, not everybody got on it, and it meant that you were setting up an angle or something like that. 
Whereas the backstage area, like, stuff happens every week. Like, just people walking around. It's Sidgwick's take about, like, lifting the roof off an AEW building and, like, right, well, where are the heels to blah, blah, blah. Like, it feels like you could get back there and just have a chat with some people and interrupt. Not on there, not on the stage. Mm. It, it means stuff. And that's why they used to use it with such great effect once upon a time and why a generation of fans would have seen this and just for a second gone, he's a star. Like, yeah. this actually matters. It was Theory who was getting interviewed. And then, like, Theory oh, comes oh, out and you're like, oh, nobody's a star anymore. Not even Roman Reigns is a star. Interviewing Theory. Sorry, I was just... Oh, yeah, there it is. Kevin Patrick! <laughs> he was on the Patrick platform! Um, chatting to him about his US <laughs> title just, defense uh, against Cody. Um, and uh, he said he was practically in diapers the last time Cody was in WWE. Okay. Uh, Rhodes is the past. Theory isn't worried because he's the future. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like, the, I like the, the practical, I like the, the physical object. Cody, fighting for the United States title, has... Like, but, uh, Wants it. Like, he probably thinks that belt means something and he like remembers his dad or whatever, you know, just roads. I'll kill you. But they killed that. But like on this show, that was a, that was an interesting thing for a second. Cody Rhodes might want the United States title. That would have been a belt that he would have loved to have somehow had the intellectual property rights to and brought into AEW. And then he fights for it. And then they kill your enthusiasm for it. Like, but isn't on that, this, is my, this is the first indication of oh, very badly bungled missed opportunity here. What would have been in the other world? and how it would have been treated, that was my first indication of, yeah, this is going to be rubbish in four months. I, I disagree to a certain extent, and we'll, we'll, when we get to that segment, we're going to talk about it, because I've got a different different perspective on okay. it. Okay. But um, we'll talk next about the Judgment Day. That's what they're called now. Uh, Edge comes out. He's got his new disciple, Rhea Ripley, alongside Damian Priest. Uh, they're tired of being sheep. Like, they copied, they cut and copied about five different, you know, you people promos. There was... There was, uh, my mind automatically went to Punk's thing about, oh, you sign stuff at the airport and then you flog it on eBay. There's, you people are all sheep. You're ugly as well. And you, we hold up a mirror and the mirror's at you and you're ugly, so you've got no teeth. And all that bollocks, basically. A load of bollocks. Uh, I, I, you know, what did I do? You know, listening to these people, where did I get to? The, the Hall of Fame. Oh, oh, well, I'm bigger than Hall of Fame anyway. Um, keyboard Warriors stuff as well. Uh, no one can touch them. Priest said that they're already dangerous individually. Uh, they're, now they're more together, and they've got an instrument of brutality in Rhea Ripley, who, yes, said that joining Judgment Day was the easiest... Sorry, joining the Judgment Day was the easiest decision of her life. Um, she saw what Edge and Priest were doing, changing for the better. She wanted the same. She was tired of you know, signing autographs at the airport and seeing them end up on eBay the next day. Uh, Edge described them as saints of fate. That was what I was trying to remember earlier on today in the office. Uh, and Ripley talked about destroying Liv Morgan, uh, and Edge said she was wasted when they were in a team together. And before we get to the match, what do you think about all this bollocks that he spouted? Not for me, but just to be fair, following my rant in the intro, this is a new character development. It's a new direction. It's an angle. It's a reason to invest in a new character. It's a twist on a storyline. Something is actually happening. So on that basis, yes, this is, again, though, my least favorite thing when you go on some .NET wrestling report site. And you read, yeah, yeah, I don't particularly like it, but at least it's a character direction. Imagine, like, anyone talking about any show. Like, mm. going out, yeah, at least this character's got something to do. That's what, the, that's what characters are for, dickhead. <laughs> that's what characters are for. Um, verbiage continues to be rubbish. And uh, I've realized what this is as well. Go on. Like, Edge's new character is gotten to. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's legitimately his character he has gotten to. So we're rent-free. Where Renfrey in his head, and he's gotten to. That is his character. His yeah. character is, I don't like that people don't like my run. 
So I'm going to complain, because I'm gotten to, about the complaints about my run. To do a better run than Dickhead. <laughs> what do you think of his new haircut? Uh, I have no thoughts. It looks smart. Handsome man. That, uh, I've got no thoughts on it whatsoever. Edge is killing his legacy with this run. Like, that's how bad it's getting. That's how drab it is. Look, Edge retired. Edge evolved into a headliner and then retired in the best possible, well, kind of the worst and best possible time periods because the, the the mechanisms weren't in place to get anyone over, hence why the Fed sucked so much in the mid to late 2000s. He, was benef- he benefited from that sort of paradigm because he was genuinely class. But was he? Because he's returned after wrestling got great again, and he's not as good as the new good wrestling, and it's an, it's an indictment of his entire legacy. Honestly, like... One day, people will forget how bad this is, and they won't live through it week to week, and you'll be able to remember, all oh, right, okay, he was banter, cosplay, and flair. He was did miracles with Cena. Like, he was great. But at the minute, he just feels so far from great because there are other wrestlers operating at the peak of their powers, and they are better than him. I think we're back to the undiscerning fans thing because I, I don't like this group, but I completely... Like, I know exactly why they exist in WWE. They, as soon as we were talking about adding members and like the possibility of Ripley and Champer, I was like, "This is going to work. Yeah. Like, this is absolutely going to work." For Not the, this again. Yeah, like these, watch the Priest match with Balor. No, no like, one made a noise. But they're just all you need to be in WWE now is like profiled. The purpose is unclear. The promos are useless. Like this verbiage is nonsense, cheesy, garbage, rubbish. But Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest were stuck in like cheesy garbage rubbish lives anyway, next to Edge, this character that to some will never be taken off a pedestal. Like he will remain on this like Undertaker-style level to, he's not like you or I, where we watch him. It's like, no oh, one's making a single noise to any of this, the but, promos, the matches. But, because you, like nobody makes noise to anything on an episode, of, especially not matches. Look at the first segment. Like least of Look all. Look at the first segment. The Randy Orton hot tag notwithstanding. Like matches are just not things that people get to enjoy at Raw because it is a television show as a live experience that just saps the enjoyment out of you. These characters, I know, like especially since we've gone back to buildings, you don't need you don't need Twitter as much as you used to say as a metric. But there is an apps, there is an age of WWE fan that watches empty-headed, brain-switched off nonsense that just sees three people together in a stable and goes new brood. And then, luckily, there's a Michael Sidgwick on a podcast saying, "By the way, the brood are absolutely awful." So being a new awful thing is not a good thing. But they won't see it, and I just think like WWE has this ability to fool its audience a section of its audience, into believing that being with a legend or being in a group means that you have purpose. 78 yes. people on Twitter. They're going to be in pointless matches. We've talked about it before we recorded. They have 50-50 booked the Judgment Day as a result of the results on this show. People aren't going to think that. You were saying, like, they'll reflect back on it a year and they're like, what has Edge done to his legacy? No, they're going to look back and be like, they should have done more with the Judgment Day. Those like are 78 the- amplified voices on Twitter and Squared Circle. There is not a soul react. It's one thing that uh, Damien Priest worked his 88th match or his 89th or 90th match against Finn Balor mm. and there's no sound. That's evidence enough. But like Edge and AJ Styles, no one reacts even to that. This is maybe... This, a, is, this is a dismal failure. Some of this is a debate for a different podcast. But in WWE's move to being the content rather than the wrestling, I think you could apply that... Like the like how loud the fans are is something I think that can be applied to all of WWE. Not just a bad act like Edge's. Cody's like you massively go to, over... Gable's been getting it, fan interactions. RK Bro's like really over. Cody like, and, like the Cody and Theory was pretty quiet. 
and that's not a slight that's, on yeah. Cody, Cody's just had a ripper on the paper the night before, and he's still somewhat special. I don't think theory's working either, but like Cody, mo- most weeks gets a major reaction. Mm-hmm. RK Bro get a major reaction. Someone, the best example, because he's on, like, oh, they were from years ago. I can react to these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, Chad Gable's getting genuine audience interaction. Like, that, this judgment day are getting none of. Chad Gable's more over than edge. This is not working. You need to t- tell me I'm right. I, I admit like that I'm right. <laughs> I like that we both hate a thing. And I like debate, debating exactly the gears of how it's not working. I Edge has never been less over since he was over. Like, what's going to happen is Priest is going to, I don't know, when they frigging United States title again or something, Ray Ripley's going to win the women's title and they're going to be like, uh, Edge has finally brought them up to where they belong. Like it's, and that's going to be presented as the Judgment Day success story. Can you remember when we all had a bit of a laugh at Edge's expense because he was so desperately used which, to... Which week? Well, the NXT week when he was on NXT. Oh, yeah, yeah. He didn't draw a rating, right? We were all out, Edge's in a draw, Edge's in a draw, and then you'd see him on television and make his entrance and people were going wild. Yes. And we were thinking, why? Because he's a bit of a boring bastard talking about grit. Mm. But you're still so over in every arena. That's gone. I this think it was the entrances. Like, by the summer, it was just a, honestly, like, people glad to be back in buildings and singing a song there, remember? Like, I'd, honestly, this is a WWE it match. WrestleMania 38. Yeah, yeah. No, it, like... Uh, 37. The, 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 yeah, the first crowd back. More so over than Daniel Bryan as a babyface. He was. Like, um, and where's he now? Yeah, well, yeah. But I think... Am I right? You're right about that. But I think this is a wider match problem. I don't think you can use the relative silence in a Judgment Day match as an argument against Judgment Day because I think there is relative silence across almost yeah, all the WWE matches. The argument is that... People are going to love this, and it's going to be over. No, they're not. There's no evidence whatsoever. I, I, I think going down the line here in a year's time, Ray Ripley is probably going to be uh, in a better place on WWE's television show. That means nothing, by the way. Like, this is not a pecking order. These are not rankings. This is not like. Just admit that I'm right. We're not going to think any more of her. We are not going to think any more of her. But I think a lot of these undiscerning. Whatever. Just Roman Sisson. Just, just feed me. <laughs> Sasha Sisson. Yeah, just feed me TV dinner. Like wrestling. On Twitter. I think they're going to like see all of these are hugely elevated by all of this. Honestly, uh, I think. Uh, like, uh, it's, they're like stables. They're like dark stuff. They're like edge. You know? They don't. I, 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 I think if you look at the conversation about edge the day after a show. It's just dead. <laughs> to anyone that once gave a toss about edge and cared and cares like we do or did about this. It's like, oh, I just finished then. Never mind. No edge anymore. But like, people just... The Hall of who Famer, are these people? The Hall of Famer who can still go. Like, there is... Com- people love it. Like, the, love you're, it. You're in the Twitter trap. Maybe, you're in the maybe. you're in the absolute Twitter bubble trap, yeah, because no one's given a toss about any of this since he turned heel that I can literally hear. That isn't a fake crowd noise effect. I'd, maybe it's a Twitter trap. Maybe I'm haunted by the moment that these otherwise bored people stood up and went, this is awesome, when, like, Edge and AJ did one thing. They are completely fooled by what WWE tells them to think about well, a character like said Edge. people. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I like I don't, it. I don't know why we're talking about Edge. We agree that this is rubbish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this it's is so absolutely bad. rubbish. Edge is such a boring bitch. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Let's get to the matches then. Uh, it was Rhea Ripley versus Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan did get some offense in. I think she hit her a current Marana at some point, and she managed to uh, nail Ripley with a code breaker. Uh, but then Ripley kicked out, dodged a missile drop kick, and put that brilliant standing Texas, Texas cloverleaf thing she does on Morgan, who eventually had to submit post match. Ed Edge nods at Ripley, and she puts it back on and. They're yelling at her, and Morgan's desperately tapping, and her legs are getting destroyed. Uh, and then to save her, well, actually not to save her, because they just sort of came out eventually. They were like, oh, the match is next, so I better come out. Not saving Liv Morgan, but out comes Finn Balor. He uh, nails a two-sweet, and out comes AJ Styles. And, uh, yeah, they're not there to save Liv Morgan. He's just got Finn's, Finn's got a match next, and uh, he probably wants AJ in his corner because Edge and Rhea Ripley might get involved, which is exactly what happened. Uh <laughs> Balor set up for a dive, but then Ripley stands in front of Priest, so he stopped, and then uh, Edge just speared Finn Balor out of nowhere for the DQ. Styles comes in and tackles Edge and fights Priest. Uh, Ripley pulls Styles off, and he turns around and goes to punch whoever's done that to him, and then realizes it's Rhea Ripley, uh, and Styles has a word with her, basically, and turns around into an Edge spear. Judgment Day stand tall, Michael Sidgwick. So boring. I've seen this. One million times this match between Balor and Priest. One million times it feels like at this point. No one in the arena cared about it. It was just, you can hear Michael Hayes. You can hear Tyson Kidd. You can hear Billy Kidman. Petey Williams isn't producer now. Is he? Mm-hmm. All the all the young ones like who were getting like sort of primed for the role. Yeah. Like uh, Dutz and uh, who else? Pat Buck. Yeah. They just jumped. Pete Williams, I imagine like Pete Williams on the show where they're not doing loads of Canadian destroyers. And that's <laughs> like wild, that's wild. But you can almost hear these people go, eight minutes, lads, you know what to do. Yeah. do. Do this in your sleep. Muscle memory, come on, it's all about the angle. It's dreary, corny nonsense. It's quite fitting that it was Rhea Ripley in the ring because it sort of felt like she was handing over the baton of standing on the entrance doing your pose instead of helping somebody. Like, yeah. Too sweet, me, bro. There's a, there's a woman. Like the next pay- in the ring. <laughs> the next pay-per-view was literally WrestleMania backlash, backlash in a red cage. And I didn't care about WrestleMania backlash in the first place. Like, what's wrong with you, Willborn? What, what have I done? 
I thought there was some advantages to the show. There was yeah. some good stuff. I'm not saying it's this. <laughs> I didn't say this. Well, when is well, it? What have I done? I didn't book this show. <laughs> I, uh... I'll, I'll give you a little uh, spoiler warning if you're getting a little bit like ground down by the tone here. The five star review review on a preemptive bad mood with Wilborn. Okay. And you will find out soon. I still. Why? I want um, Old Man Jember to join yeah. the, the other old men in the 40 plus Judgment Day group. And uh, I, I really so much, so much want WWE to introduce six man tag titles before AEW get to the trios. Oh, that'd be so funny. To, uh, to punish AEW for. Farting around and playing with the knobs instead of just making trios belts. Like I just think there's like all of a sudden there's some like little groups forming. It's like, hey, we need some six men tag mates. <laughs> I, I want it. I'm Edge. I need this. Um, they're speaking of good stuff. Chad Gable. He's backstage. And thank you. Shush, please, shush, please. Talking to Kevin Owens. Uh, obviously with uh, uh, Owens there talking about how they can expose this whole Ezekiel Elias thing. And Owens just can't really comprehend what what. Chad's trying to explain, and he said, well, I took the red Solo cup that Ezekiel drank out of, and I've got friends who work at the DNA lab, and Owens, just <laughs> the DNA lab. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they're going to they're gonna expose Ezekiel, apparently, but uh, along with that, Owens has got a special guest tonight, or he knows someone here who is going to be a special guest on Monday Night Raw, and that's his older brother, Ken Owens, who's going to take on or take out or do something to Ezekiel. Ken Owens is more over than edge. <laughs> fun, fun little segment this I love this because normal things don't make sense in WWE world stupid stuff does it goes back to the, like they've created a world now where the nonsense is the only stuff that is actually feels real compared to the, their attempts at reality so this Kevin Owens Ezekiel Chad Gate, like all of it even even Kevin Owens only really wanting Chad Gable because suddenly he's got access to science and like mm. the lie detector and all this stuff he doesn't really like him and you can see it and Kevin Owens can act that out really well. Him being swallowed up by this obsession with Ezekiel is so much more, I say it about um, Butch every week as a dog makes far more sense than like Roman Reigns, authentic sports superstar that is at the top of his game. Like you're at the top of the game of this pile of hot trash. Roman, you're, like, you're, just, you're, pres- you're the head of the table. The table is made out of human feces. Yes. Like people are dogs and this is what WWE should exist for more. Yes. Uh, and then we got the VIP lounge with MVP and uh, Omos. MVP boasting about Omos's victory uh, over Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania Backlash when Cedric Alexander comes out and celebrates. Yay, we won! And they're like, <laughs> what are you doing here? He offers, makes another offer to MVP who has no interest in, uh, in Cedric Alexander being a part of this team. Uh, and out comes Bobby Lashley, wrecks all the security and, uh, you know, Omos gets out of there basically. And uh, Lashley makes a statement by uh, putting the hurt lock on Cedric Alexander. Should we just do a quick little checklist of all the things that just will not end ever? Yes, I know that AEW does a lot of long-term storylines that should end quicker than they do. But they don't do the match, the match, the match, the match, the match, the match, the match. They just prolong the match. (laughs) Just have grumpy Julia Hart for six months. (laughs) Yeah, they prolong the match unnecessarily, but that's slightly preferable to match, 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 match. Bobby Lashley and Amos, still going on. We, we, we weren't bothered about this on the pipe. Edge versus AJ Styles, still going on. Cody versus Seth Rollins, still going on. That I'm okay with. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch with one kind of interesting wrinkle in the form of Asuka since SummerSlam, still going on. Your four major things are still going on. I think, I think what, you, what you're getting confused there, I think what you mean to say is long-term stories. 
<laughs> I, can't even people, I can't even look at him. People genuinely think long-term storyline is... A storyline like, that goes long. <laughs> a storyline that goes long <laughs> in that you have to have several matches or it doesn't count as a feud or a fuad. It's a, <laughs> a, a, a fuad on the squared circle. Dip <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> dip <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Uh, like people think, oh, CM Punk versus MGF. Like Pete Rosenberg, moron. That, that lasted a month. No, it didn't. They just had two matches that was going on since like November of last year. <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah. Oh, my God. The problem is that they're... Oh I was going to say, the problem is that they didn't like share a ring and talk at each other. They did for like ages. Yeah. I hate this industry. You really popped me there with Fu Ed because it just reminds me of that time that like punk was like saying to people, I'm sick of people on Twitter calling me a quieter. Quieter. <laughs> quieter. Uh, yeah, anything we say about the VIP lounge? Zero. Zilch. Oh, nothing. So I'm still waiting for the return of the GOAT. And by that, I mean Gary Goldberg, of course. I am. It's the Scott Steiner in the main event Mafia tracksuit. I am charmed by this sort of nonsense, specifically. Uh, Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville, they're arguing backstage, and Pierce is trying to explain something, but Deville wants to know where her opponent is, then doesn't care, goes out for a match, and Postman Pierce goes, uh, well, what I was trying to tell you there is that you're an authority figure, but slightly higher up authority figures don't like the way you've been authorityying. So you are not, what did he say? He didn't say fired. You are terminated. Ter- terminated, terminated as an authority figure. You're still a wrestler, though. She's unhappy. Oh, and by the way, your opponent is a returning Alexa Bliss. Now, the good stuff. Alexa Bliss, I think, has her old music back. Yep. Alexa Bliss wrestled like Alexa Bliss. The downside, Lily's still there. I don't know what quite's going on. I'm not going to do the, the gimmick, A, because I've forgotten to do it, and it's going to take about five minutes for me to load it up on my phone, and B, because... There wasn't any Lily adjacent stuff. It was just there. And I still think, oh, we don't know what to do, but we'll just bring Alexa Bliss back. We've got some stock left. Yes. Yeah. But she squashed uh, Sonya in like 40 seconds. DDT, Twisted Bliss, one, two, three. Um, I'm happy to see Alexa Bliss back. Uh, Yeah. First win since SummerSlam. I mean, that's when you want to think it was. What happens when you let the fiend in? <laughs> Start to lose. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad they're pivoting away from the Derek Goddess because that was encouraging the wrong people to think the wrong things. Yeah, I think I'm happy Alexa Bliss is back because just for about three weeks she's going to feel like a star. She was a she was a star legitimately for a bit, and despite everything, the absence has made the heart grow fond enough that like I'll watch one month of Alexa Bliss matches before. I'm presuming she's just going to get like. I get sucked in. She's just going to get sucked into the the boring churn. The Lily stuff, like, is never going to go away because they've got like three million Lily dolls that st- they still need to like sell. <laughs> Find what fits you, <laughs> including this fucking doll that we've got no purpose for anymore. I would be surprised if they start doing like mystery boxes that are just shaped like a doll. <laughs> What's in the mystery box? The fiend tried to look at Alexa's mystery box, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> mystery box like structure. <laughs> Oh, incidental thing. Did you see Evan Strowman on Twitter last night? No. Uh, he licked a knife. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right. Uh, Hang on. Did it have jam on it or butter? Well, here's a game. Here's a game, right? You got three guesses each. Okay. Love a game. Impromptu game. Mm-hmm. He licked a knife. The game's dropped. And he looked quite in a sinister manner into the camera. What did he say oh. as he licked the knife? Control your narrative. No. Okay. Just want to get that one out of the way. Was it um, multiple? Was it one word or was it a sentence? It's a sentence. Okay. It's about time I did a blade job. 
No. That's good, though. That's really good. Uh cut is the deepest. No, I'll give you a clue. Think of the, the frame of reference that a strawman would have to think that something's cool. Oh. Is it? This is a knife. Like Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> no, think of what these people think of as the most profound philosophical thing of all time. Think what wrestling thinks is very profound. Yeah. Kane's politic talk in the locker room. <laughs> it's a, it's a, one last clue to film reference. Ooh. Wrestling thinks it's profound. Like wrestling thinks this is the coolest thing ever. Joker. Major Joker, baby. Why so serious? <laughs> He's the Joker, do it, you better. He's the Joker, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Why so serious? Yeah. It's like I'm the first person to do that. Did <laughs> <laughs> he have like, you know, in the, the awesome uh, Office Halloween episode where Creed's got the incredible one and Dwight's got a bit of a rubbish. He's got like <laughs> Dwight's purple suit. Yeah. No, he wasn't even dressed as the Joker, baby. Just, uh. Why so serious? Do you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> He's running around like a train. <laughs> Get these scars. <laughs> Complete wanker. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I'm happy Alexa Bliss is back. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> uh, right, then it was time for Ken Owens to make his debut on Monday Night Raw. Uh, he comes out. He's, uh, he's He looks quite a lot like Kevin Owens, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, like Kevin Owens if he was wearing, I don't know, a grey wig and put some grey in his beard, basically. But, by the way, WWE running this with Ezekiel. Uh, now we're doing the gag with Kevin Owens. That's Adam Cole's real life. We all saw the Mother's Day tweet with his brother. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so Ezekiel welcomes Ken Owens from Nova Scotia to the ring. And Owens goes, no, stop playing along. You're a liar. I hate liars, all this. Nobody believes that Ezekiel isn't Elias. Uh, is Elias' younger brother, sorry. And um, everyone's just just playing along for some stupid reason. And uh, Owens is talking. <laughs> Ezekiel goes, Make a great point, Ken. <laughs> and Owens rips his wig off. It's not, it's not. And it reveals it was not Ken Owens. It was actually Kevin Owens in a disguise. Uh, 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 why am I playing along? People, people were genuinely shocked. Not genuinely, but they were playing along like they were shocked in the crowd. Uh, Owens just flips out, uh, attacks Ezekiel. Ezekiel fights back, but then the Alpha Academy, uh, thank you, make the save. And uh, Ezekiel gets laid out with a Kevin, Kevin slash Ken Owens stunner. Stupidly into this, I am. Yes. <laughs> And I will be until it goes away. There's a decent little bit here where, like, they can actually take forward something that happened this week in a more interesting direction than do a corny finish to get to the real quiz. Ezekiel actually promised to get Elias out for the first time. It's like, mm. look, like, if you keep insisting on this, I'll get Elias out. And at this point, Kevin just lost it and started beating him up. So now, as you can say, like, Elias was in the building last week. If you replay the footage, I did say I would get him out, but yeah, you know, he's he's drifting away or something this yeah. week, and he's like, he's, he's on tour he's now. He's got a concert, yeah. He's on tour now, so he can't do it. But he said, I'll get him out, but you know what? They'll forget about this, but I... Yeah. Like, the last week, it's not an accident that he had a solo cup. Any character could drink out of the solo cup, but it needed to be Ezekiel so they could play forward with the DNA. They're thinking about it. Yeah. It's just nice when you watch them think about it. And... The power of this angle is, I'm going to make this comparison, you know when one of the reasons why Orange Cassidy works so well in AEW is because our audience gets it and is super supportive of it. So when, especially like when they, when it first started and it first appeared in front of huge crowds, when he was doing the kicks, 
like it's really important that the audience, as a, as fans of Orange Cassidy, go oh and sell it as if he's just like battering the guy's legs. It's like that's so yeah, vital yeah, yeah. to that making sense. The audience were doing it. Like they were reacting. Playing <gasps> along. It's, it's it's Kevin Owens. Like that's really important that they sell it to make Kevin Owens losing it make sense. Yeah, they're with it. Like I, I they are playing along, and it's nice to like say. I say into it, man. Like I say, this universe is so broken and stupid that this stuff makes more sense than their attempt at reality. There's a very 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 glaring example of the thing that we all hate that is coming up soon. Uh, I hated it so much. Postman Pierce in the back with Asuka. Becky Lynch interrupts. Uh, she said uh, Asuka doesn't deserve a title match. Um, I've not even had a title rematch since I dropped the title, basically. And Pierce says, well, you know, she's not been handed anything. She's got a championship opportunity in the main event, basically. And uh, Lynch said beating the champ just to get a chance to beat the champ doesn't make any sense. Fair point, probably. Yep. Uh, and anyway, they, they argue and Asuka yells that she's not no longer being a mom. She's being a baby with all this. Mm. And I, I'd like, I, I didn't get much out of this, to be honest. Becky Lynch, for the third week in a row, pointing out the enormous like logic gaps in WWE, doesn't stop them doing them yes. anyway. Like they'll, they'll script that their thing is bust, and then they'll just continue to take the bust thing and hit it with hammers or something like that. Rubbish. We're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> this sort of thing is like a privilege afforded to main eventers. It's like, just don't give them the privilege. Just don't do a rubbish program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do a terrible program. <laughs> Uh, then there was Frank Lowman in the ring. Uh, he said he was, he was he's a bigger lad than, than what they've been feeding yeah, to altogether be. Altogether too well put together, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said he was worried about being taken out on a stretcher. Uh, but he, And he's got a wife and he's got three triplets. That's generally how many there are. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's, got, he's got nine kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no wonder he's low, man. He's doing this for his family. Imagine. <laughs> Yeah, what would, would that be your biggest nightmare? No, that's my you, actual life. No, nine kids would like that. No, 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 I love my family. As in, when like, as in, like, either way, either you've got the amount of two, the two kids that you've got now, yeah. uh, or you've got no kids, and your wife turns around and goes, yeah, surprise, I'm pregnant with three. My biggest fear was, like, after the first kid, you know, if you do the things with the beans like you do. False <laughs> 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 pregnant with the second. He loves the beans. He's beans, man. If you were, you know, impregnated for a second time, then, oh, it's twins this time. And I was like, for a while, I was like, nah, it was my way out. Because I always wanted two kids, but, you know, like the actual reality yes. of like, oh, my God, it's yeah. like, it is scary. And I... Uh, do it. Can't roll, can't roll the dice. What, what, what if it's twins? Well, you know, twins, you have to have a family history of twins. And I've got a kind of a murky family history. <laughs> where there's like a missing branch in the tree where we just don't know what happened there. And uh, what if twins happen there? Uh, what uh, if yeah. a history of twins happen in that sort of missing branch? A friend of a friend who I'll not name in case either the friend of the friend or the friend turns out to listen because I just don't know them anymore because I'm not sure what happened to their life. They had two children uh, and they decided to have one more. I think they're in the mid twenties at the time. Uh, yeah, come on, then we'll have one more. It's the first mistake. So yeah, he's <laughs> getting three, like two. I love them so dearly, but two is very hard. We sort of made it work. Let's have another one. Triplets. Oh, oh my god! Five under five. They she quit her job and they moved to a, they had to sell the house. Moved to like a big rented house, like obviously more size, but they couldn't afford to buy the mm-hmm. house that would accommodate five children under five years old. And she became a full time like babysitter come nanny to her own children and others that could come round to the big old house, the big old baby house in the daytime, just so they could continue to exist. 
Like, I don't know what became of Like, those will all be much of this. was going back probably 10 years. Ofsted certified. Okay, <laughs> 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 CV. Uh, like, the <laughs> you have not passed your babysitting test. Uh, I, so, like, they'll be, um, they'll be like, Christ, there'll be like five teenagers at this point. Jesus Christ. They'll be stuck in their rooms wanking like. <laughs> So what you're telling me is, basically, Frank Lerman was just happy to get out of the house. Yeah, he was probably... Yes. You're going to get butchered by Veer Mahan. Yeah. Uh, do I... Can I... How long can I... <laughs> oh, nightmare this. I'm fighting Veer. What time... I want to do on the house show tomorrow night as well, man. It's going to be a while soon. Don't wait up. What? I'm in the second hour. Oh, no, I'm not going to make it back for bedtime. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, Loma did get a tiny bit of offense in, but he just gets wrecked by Veer again. Million dollar arm. Uh, clutch on the old cervix, uh, cervical clutch, sorry. And uh, <laughs> that gets, every uh, week, that every gets, week. That gets the victory. Who had? Same, same with same. Same old, same old with Veer, basically. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. They've got, they got two giants on the show at the moment. They'll kind of suck. <laughs> it's not looking good. Where's Commander Aziz when you need him? Oh, he's, he was like buried for being too small, wasn't he? Yeah. He's a, he's a little guy. <laughs> right. Out of the way, you. <laughs> Next up, it was the uh, the United States Championship match beforehand, though. Come on, Patrick interviews Cody Rhodes. Uh, he puts over Seth Rollins, says, oh, it's a hell of a, a, a fight. I've several, several fights I've had with him. Really? Uh, but hopefully now that chapter is closed. No. Uh, <laughs> theory's got potential. Um, and he re- he was he was but he, you know he's here to become and he would love he loves the sound of becoming the new United States champion. Uh, so we got yeah Theory versus Cody Rhodes. Uh, Theory got a lot in here and they clearly have got you know big plans for Theory because he was not just bad from pillar to post by Cody Rhodes. Uh, Rhodes fights back the reverse suplex drop kick. Um, Theory counters him though and then tries to do something on the announce table. He clears it, but Rhodes fights back and Theory has to dive back into the ring. Um, as Rhodes tries to hit him on the table. Um, we go to a break, we come back. Um, there's a, a... I don't know why I love this spot so much. It, it always looks like it absolutely sucks. When both men attempt to, like, a crossbody, it just looks like mm. it absolutely sucks. So I, I buy it every single time. Uh, Rhodes is the first one to, to fight back, though. He uh, hits him with a funny, uh, running forearm. Uh, power slam, that gets a two count. Moonsault gets a near full two. Hits a disaster kick. Uh, looks like he's going for another one, but this time hits him with a Cody cutter. He's got the match won. He is about to become United States champion when he is jumped from behind by an enraged Seth Rollins who uh, causes the DQ and curb stomps Rhodes on the announce table, which doesn't break. And uh, Corey says that uh, Rollins has crossed the line. I mean, I would say he did it when he took a man's eye out, but whatever, Corey. <laughs> uh, I think this was... Not like this was. It was just a good match, but it was the weakest high-profile Cody match so far. But I think WWE, in their minds, I would assume I've read this as don't give him too much because we're not giving him a finish. Yeah. Just don't book the and it's match telly. Yeah. Like, and it's telly. They always say all these reasons. All these reasons to not do a good thing. Well, just don't do the thing in the first place that forces you to do all these bad things. I kind of wanted Cody to win here, which is less than ideal for theory because I just like the idea of. Well, like, he, I was with Cody. I was win. like. Well, yeah. I was with Cody. I was like, yes, you as United States champion does make a load of sense. That's actually a really cool idea and a really cool way to delay you winning the world title. Like, that keeps you out of the mind of Roman Reigns by having doing exactly what he did in AEW with the TNT title. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna fall into their trap here, but, like, I think you could elevate that secondary title because I've seen you make a secondary title feel like a top title. So I believe in you. They showed me that, and then they gave me the bollocks WWE stuff. More's the pity, because I do want Rollins 
Rhodes. Yes. Team. Like, I, I want that match. So I was a bit sad that it came at the result of feeling a bit screwed, See, I, screwed I over. Happy with it. As DQ, uh, the bollocks DQ stuff, again, I, 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 I realise what I'm saying here. I realise I'm saying... Don't say it then. No, but because my, 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 how I feel is still valid... What I'm saying is, oh, because of WWE, because of <laughs> WWE, I'm so because sorry. Of, no, because of WWE, I, they should not do DQ finishes. I completely agree with that. But I'm absolutely fine with the way that 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 they went about this. I'm not because I'm watching a match, which is a total waste of my time. Because I, as soon as I saw that this was happening, I was like, right, there's no winner here. No yes. one, no oh, one can yeah. win. Either the pushed project. What a shame as well, because like, what a cool idea that is of Cody thinking. Actually, I'm going to get that first. I disagree. Like, I, I disagree completely. Yeah? Yep, 100%. But you, you wanna... finish your point, and then I'll, I'll get to, to how I felt. I saw the graphic. I was like, right, no point no point watching this um, on normal speed or with a engaged brain or whatever, because there is no finish here. They're not going to... They've invested a lot of time in Austin Theory. Crowd reaction would suggest how much of it has paid off. Mm. But, you know, they've tried. You know, they've tried, and I always give them credit for actually trying to do things. Hasn't really worked, but that's fine. So they're not going to do that. Vince has got too much stock in him to just do this the second that he didn't get a great reaction one week or whatever. So, and Cody's not going to lose cleanly, obviously. Mm. They mentioned the Seth thing still happening before the match. I thought, all right, okay, how long do I have to wait for him to come and interfere? It's already happened. This is, I, it'll all be fine. They'll work a great match in Hell in a Cell, inside Hell in a Cell. I think it'll be genuinely really great. Um, but the journey to get there has been the least interesting part of this entire rivalry. As soon as I put the boots on, I think their chemistry is great. Yes. But it's just another thing that's happening. I like it when it's here, but I'm not personally invested on the journey, and it's happening. Three-star Cody match with a DQ finish <laughs> is everything that most cynical people said in January was his fate, and it's his fate already at this point, and we're in what, May. It's lasted longer than a lot of people thought, to be honest. And uh, what was my other complaint about this? Yes, it's a title match. Promote it. Promote it. A title match should be worthy of promoting. Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember absolutely. when there was Hangman Page and Dante Martin, and I think it was Jurassic Express and um, Acclaimed on the same show. I hated that as well. I can yeah, be yeah, consistent yeah. about this. The difference, and this is what the, I think Cody's such a perfect fit for WWE. I think his worst impulses have been reined and filtered, and I think this has been the best move for all parties. And I still contend that even after this not great night. If this was AEW, right? We've literally seen it. He would be on like Road 2 or the week before Dynamite, putting yes. over the idea of what winning a title means to him. And Cody is so great at adding prestige to titles. It's so hard to do. I and think he, he could have cut a promo this week to sell it for next week. Yeah. Found a picture he, of Dusty or something and just be like, it's yeah. such a hard skill. Like yeah. How many wrestlers have you seen wearing a title? And they just think, oh, they put the title on him. It doesn't make, it doesn't make him a champion. Cody is so good at making belts feel prestigious, and he wasn't given the opportunity to do that tonight. And that was the first time where I thought, oh, maybe he's not in the right company. Oh, this company is not making best use of how valuable the guy is. I'll admit that, but I think the the, the anything around the US title would have been a really bad move because I think people have got the knives out ready to say, oh, they've dropped him down the card. And I think as much as you think that he can elevate the title, and I have no doubt that he would, and I agree that you, what you say in terms of he could have sold this without question, but that's... WWE don't bloody promote anything. I, d I sincerely doubt that you had But why sell it when it was going to go to this finish? That's the difference. Well, I think it because you get the you get the benefit of him saying, I would have loved to have been United States champion. And yes, there's the void of, well, why wouldn't you just fight for it next week then? Yeah. But, but you get the benefit of that, but you also get, but you curb stomp me on the, the table. 
I, we, I was happy to draw a line under this. We fought twice. I beat you twice. And said, oh, well, you cheated. Well, you were fucking cheating, all right? Yeah, yeah. So, we, like you say, as a way to drag it to a third match inside Hell in a Cell, which I have no doubt will be absolutely sensational, that's one thing. And I will say, my opinion with all this is caveated. This is a bit like the Summer of Punk when I went, let's, let's, see, let's let this play out. And then it finished. Yeah. And I went, wait a second, what's... What's what's going on here? I like I, I allowed it, and then afterwards looked back and went, "Wait a second, this is in my head because I think Cody's winning the world title at SummerSlam. I think there may even be a case to make to be made that he wins Money in the Bank and calls his shot for SummerSlam." Well, it's WrestleMania. Well, they've, yeah. cha- they've literally changed it. It's canon now. Well, it isn't. They've just said the word WrestleMania because they want to chuck WrestleMania with absolutely... No, it's just ruined your point. <laughs> That's what it's, <laughs> it's, the bra- it's the brand, isn't it? They just use that brand. Yeah, they just it's say that WrestleMania is their one few, th- the few things that they can say. I wouldn't be surprised if they called the penultimate pay-per-view before WrestleMania, the road to WrestleMania yeah, going forward. Yeah, they'll get there eventually. They love that, that. That's branding, branding, you know, SEO, whatever you want to call it, right? It is bold yeah. for them to do this, by the way. Mm, but I think bold. he is going to win the, win money, potentially win money in the bank and say, I want to fight with the world title at SummerSlam. And then you, I talked about this on the news with Andy. You have him fight for the WWE Championship because Paul Heyman goes, oh, well, only that title's on the line because, uh, you know, some bollocks. And then you've still got the universal title on Roman. That can run all the way to WrestleMania with The Rock. And you've got a WWE champion in Cody Rhodes. So, And I think anything around the United States title would have lowered his stock in the eyes of the fans because they think, oh, United States title, that's a mid-card title at best. Yeah. And as a way to get to Cody Seth three. I'm kind of okay with this because he snatched, as much as I'm a hypocrite because I've said, it, oh, you shouldn't have him with the United States title on him. He can sell. You've snatched that opportunity to legacy, legacy, et cetera. It's for WrestleMania. I'm sorry, Wellborn. What do you mean for WrestleMania? The money in the bank. It's it's not necessarily. I think they They just, said on the show. What? they? No, he said, yeah, he said you for could. It to you win could a chance at the, uh, WrestleMania. You do what you want with it. Royal, uh, I interpreted his big thing in front of the stadium, the Allegiant Stadium promo, as they've changed the crux of the gimmick now. No, I, think oh, I just thought it was like they wanted to say it. Okay, okay. Because like, they'll so. go, oh, well, they'll change their minds, whatever they do. So yeah, exactly. it's not worth talking about. It was a show isn't worth talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will absolutely take your point, actually, about the United States title because it is, it's pro- it's too late for any of that so sort of stuff. What is it, albatross around someone's neck? It would be. The, the compromise, the, the best practice compromise between kind of what all of us are saying here is if you insert Sidgwick's Road 2 yep. type promo this week yep. and don't have Seth on the show at all, and then Seth takes that away from him. Like, you've actually presented something that Cody wants so much that Seth has fumed for two weeks and he has attacked him, not just to attack him, not just for a rematch, not just for whatever. It's like, I saw last week how much you wanted that. And I saw you say that our chapter's closed. And yeah, yeah. Like, I, like, I saw how I wanted to ruin that because I want to ruin you. But instead, you've just done it all in one go. Yeah. And you've, like, trivi- you've trivialized all of it. You've trivialized theory. You've trivialized Cody and Seth a little bit. There was definitely a way to make all of this quite good. Yeah. And they've blown it. Right. How long's left of the show? Uh, we haven't skipped anything yet, but uh, pr- uh, probably about two more two more matches. That's fine. Cause I, I need a piss right, but I, like people would rather me sit here in pain needing a piss than just do my bit. Oh, can I just go for a piss? It's like, fucking war, who cares? <laughs> people get like think I'm being impolite, so I'll, I'll wait. Okay, do you sit have- here? It's like genuinely uncomfortable. Wilborn comes up with his, like his all-time popper, and he's like, "I'm about, I'm about to piss myself." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know when you sit, you uh, shouldn't talk about like waterfalls and stuff like that when yeah. people need the to- uh, need the toilet. Just did it. 
Do you have? Nikki A.S.H. Uh, had a non-title match with Sasha Banks and Naomi, and the story was basically long short of it is Dewdrop was was decent, seemed to have the match in control, handed over to Nikki A.S.H., but she's pissing about. She's po- sorry, that wasn't intentional. <laughs> she's messing about. Such she's an arsehole. Posing, uh, and uh, she thinks she's got this match in hand, and it's like my penis would be if I was going <laughs> for a piss. <laughs> do a sit down, wait. Yeah, not if you're sitting down. I don't do a sit down way. Try it. Why not? Take it for a test drive. Better. Why would I willingly sit on a toilet seat when I don't have to? <laughs> Granted, that's, that's I, mean, I meant more at home. That's a fair point, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, double team finisher from uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi. Get the win and do drop bollocks. Uh, Nikki ASH afterwards. And I thought she was about this close to just... What? <laughs> I don't know why my phone's in my watch. has just done that. But I was thought she was about this close to just ripping that goddamn mask off her face. It's exactly as bad as it is good, this. That's where they're heading, and it's good because yeah. you can do a match first. If con- you're going to get content out of it first, and then they can do the whole reinvention. <laughs> <laughs> they are trying. From the ashes. Oh, there it is. That could be her name. Nikki yeah. from the ASH. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're trying with both of these, clearly, to give them something, to give them mm-hmm. purpose. There's going to be, at some point, this will pay itself off. and it, you know, Maybe like, a clash at the castle. Ash at the castle. Um, that's fine. Wills? <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same same thing yeah. as Scotland. Yeah. Obviously. Celtic stuff. <laughs> Drew's big knight, like he always wanted. Like he willed into existence. Um aye. But, so they're, but they're making content in the meantime together. And it was also clearly like they were like, we're out of time on this show, because they were like, get the Miz out there. It's another uh, Clash at the Castle. Have you noticed that Triple H was yeah, it didn't draw. SummerSlam 92, it's a whole big myth, and it didn't actually draw. The second he's down the pecking order, let's go back to the goddamn <laughs> English stadium. <laughs> Same thing as England. Reals. What crap name and a crap logo, by the way. They're really awful. Have you seen the logo? Yeah. the castle. Ugh. I don't know why people pretend to like it. It's a bad, <laughs> it's a bad name and a bad logo and a bad everything. Uh, so, yeah, the Miz is just rushed Come out Come to see there. you fans in Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah Miz was rushed out then. I was like, what's he got to do with all this? And it was just because they were like, onto the next thing. <laughs> uh, and he said, uh, Ollie thought he deserved better and, and Theory had used his connections and made him special guest referee for his match against Champa. Uh, neither of them get bloody entrances, though. And the story is Ollie dominates, but the moment he goes for a pinfall, Miz does a slow count, and uh, Ollie hit a super kick and a springboard DDT, and you got the one, two. Oh, he's kicked out. And then Champa hits a reverse DDT as he's as Ali's arguing with Miz. One, two, three. And uh, Champa wins, and Ali's stunned by this development. Not only was this like a completely hilarious, if I'm being honest, <laughs> sideways burial of Champa, who just like takes a signature and gets beat for like 10 seconds <laughs> as the implication, like he's absolutely dead. And you know, it was my Champa's time. <laughs> Had a long can, life today, Champa. I can mighty people stayed down off a hammer life. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was maybe it was just his time. He's had a long old life on his mortal <laughs> coil. And I only get one and I uh, made the best of it. I was Some there in the front row for had gotch hacking Schmidt. <laughs> Some people say that time flies when you're getting old. Gotta say that fast count seemed pretty on the point to me. <laughs> So not only did I find it hilarious that they just didn't, do not care about this guy whatsoever, and just like the Triple H actually used to put the camera on me when I pat myself on the back. <laughs> I don't think old man Vince knows it's my thing. <laughs> I have a little shit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> These old bones. 
<laughs> these old bones just need a goddamn rest. Let's go up in his shoulder back in. Good for the back to sit on the hardest part of the ring. Let's <laughs> go for the posture. <laughs> <laughs> He's becoming fog on leg on. So not only is he just like, just indirectly, we have to, we're telling this stupid story with the Miz. I, he, like, will he actually get under and make look like a geek guy <laughs> who cares about him? Like, on the same night, they go, well, top brass of, uh, they've, they've said it, they've declared it. Sonia Deville, you've been abusing your power. Mm-hmm. You are incompetent, and you are clearly just abusing the rules for your own unfair gains. Right, so we're making the decision this week. We've come to our senses. The, con- the investigation has been uh, conducted. <laughs> You're not being fair at the job. Therefore, you've been terminated from the job because it's not fair. Uh, two hours later, the miss is going to be a special <laughs> guest referee <laughs> who's got personal investment in not abiding by the rules. Like you, you are so stupid, man. You are so stupid. And I'm talking to the people who watch this program. Must fatally as well. Like what? It's like if you not been watching your own life, your own existence for the past ten minutes. <laughs> Wait a second! Yeah, I was. You're on the up and up. Uh, we uh, got after the f- uh, after the first time, you're like, right, okay, calm the fucking pain. I know what you're doing. Yeah, you did it again. <laughs> <laughs> then you counted fast for my opponent. What? <laughs> yeah, I hate this. Uh, they had a Lacey Evans video. I thought she was on SmackDown. Oh, this is not. I thought she was a heel on SmackDown. Oh, nightmare! So stuff. funny. So so. We haven't had a chance to talk about this because obviously the paper and stuff. We'll talk Before about the proper respect. Popped my tits off when I saw that. I was like, yes, it's all being a completely exploited of nonsense. We'll talk about this on the SmackDown Ugh. preview. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Lashley challenged almost to a cage match next week. Uh, it's been, what, a week since we've had one of them in WWE. And uh, then we got some 24-7. Just, it's hell to sell next month. <laughs> 24-7 bollocks uh, with uh, divorce papers, but to, to doesn't, doesn't doesn't physically get given them. So apparently, that doesn't, is that how it works? That doesn't count. I get getting served... But surely when someone wants a divorce, you can't just run away. They probably think it's like one of them WWE contracts where somebody can run and sign their name, and it's like, you've got married and divorced from somebody else's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, look at this, all the way through the entire show, we got to the main event. Bianca Belair versus Asuka, and we're skipping it. Yeah, it's a third non-finish designed to make things not happen. Becky Lynch calls the DQ. Enough of all that. It's now time for this. skip. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it! Everybody who watches WWE is an SLB. <laughs> <laughs> this week's five star review review is brought to you by Connor G93. If you want your name associated with a five star review review, all you need to do is subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, leave us a five star review. And suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related, just like Connor G93, who writes, Hello! I've been an avid listener of the podcast for years, and getting to meet a few of you legends at WrestleCon was probably the highlight of my weekend outside of Jushin Thunderliger holding the restroom door open for me in his full gear. <laughs> Uh, I can only imagine how exhausted you all must have been with the long traveling and general craziness of WrestleMania weekend, but the fact that you're all still so friendly and willing to talk wrestling for a few minutes truly meant the world. Well, lovely to meet you, Connor. Uh, he says, for my five-star review, yeah, you too. Uh, any Stone Cold segment will do. He mentioned the uh, Redneck Triathlon, but I feel like we've done that one already. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
He says, thank you all, not only for your genuine loveliness at WrestleCon and excellent coverage last uh, the other week, but for also your hard work year-round to keep his listeners entertained and informed. This podcast kept me sane during the worst times of the pandemic, and you all will forever have a special place in my heart for that reason. Lovely stuff. Thank, thank you, you, Frank thank you, Connor. Thank you very much. Uh, so in terms of any Stone Cold segment, I googled Stone Cold Funny. Why do you do that? <sighs> and found Stone Cold meet Stone Cold? Tell us the backstories of this one, Hamlet. Business is dead. It's 2002 and everything you love is ruined. <laughs> it's just so sad. Steve Austin is no longer as funny and cool and awesome as he was. WWE isn't. Everything's comedy. Chris Jericho isn't. Like, the wrestling isn't. Your youth dying in front of you, basically. It's just... Steve Austin is... So I'll, like Steve Austin is feuding with Chris Jericho because he wants to title it No Way Out. But... They are in this period where it is transparent that Triple H, like, has given my belt back. Uh, I've recovered from my quad. Medicine Square Garden remembers. And we've seen, like, a month and a half of Triple H. Like, oh, he's finished as well. <laughs> like, that, that, that golden era is over. I'm, I'm sure. He was a big lad when he came back, wasn't he? Yeah. I'm sure the fact, that, I'm sure the fact that he's uh, nowhere near as good as he once was meant that once he's done with the main event, he'll probably be nowhere near headline matches anymore because he simply doesn't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> this can't possibly be a problem. Uh, but the same could be applied to Stone Cold Steve Austin as well, who is feeling dead as a character, is not really delivering in the ring the way he was, and we would later find out that he was just completely disinterested in creative, had nothing like but caustic remarks to say for the entire process. He was feeling it too, and you could see it. So, yeah, watching this made me feel quite sad because, like, the match in the end was rubbish too, by the way. Jericho and Austin was, a, like, a total bust of a match. Austin just gobbled him up, was in no mood for it, was supposed to actually sell for the heel world champion, Chris Jericho, and he did that. And yeah, Austin was, like, we give him a lot of praise for his incredible instincts, but he was a bit of a bastard sometimes. And he was like, you know, I know I'm the babyface, but i got to call the match. I, I can only hear him one ear. And it's like, no, that's pretty convenient, isn't it, Steve? How you got, like, 15 minutes of this when you really needed to sell a bit for Chris Jericho because he's drowning as a world champion. Boring, nonsense, comedy, rubbish. Uh, so Jericho's in the ring Sorry. cutting a promo. <laughs> he's going to do two horrible voices here. That'll save it. Well, he's, he's saying, At No Way Out, Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to kick your ass. At No Way Out, Stone Cold is going to win the Undisputed Championship. Well, I say to hell with No Way Out, to hell with Stone Cold, and to hell with waiting, because I feel like fighting Austin right now tonight. So, Austin, if you've got any guts in that dumb ass of yours, I dare you, I beg you to come out here right now, right here, and Stone Cold's music hits. But out comes... Will Sasso off of, I always thought it was Mad TV. Mm. I've only ever heard it described as Mad TV. Michael Cole calls it Mad Television. <laughs> <laughs> Which tickled me. And uh, King says, in one of his few good lines, looks like Stone Cold's fuel tank's got a little bigger. Because uh, he's a bit, a bit chunky. Yeah. But he's, it's a fairly spot on impression. I'll give him that. Mm. His facials towards the end of the segment were decent. Facials he, was good. He'd done this before as a baby face, I think. Like when, like in the 90s when, like, all of this was legit over. I'm sure they had Will Sasso on doing Austin voices, and it was like, ah, oh, Will's like, because WWE was like pop culture. So it was like, Will Sasso's doing our voices because they're getting the rub off this company. And this is all years later, and it's like, nobody's getting the rub off anybody. All of this sucks. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it, it, like, uh, his mannerisms and stuff, hmm. I thought we're, we're pretty waving the cameraman out of the way so we can do, the, not the middle fingers, because this is SmackDown, guys. <laughs> uh, come on. Uh, anyway, uh, so Jericho gets in s Stone Cold's face, and asks if he's ready for a beating. Stone Cold says, what? And he says, why don't you fright me right here, right now? Where? 
said Stone Cold. It's very funny. Uh, <laughs> he says, uh, right here, you beer-drinking, tobacco-spitting, foul-mouthed, stupid donkey redneck. And Stone Cold says, why? And uh, Jericho <laughs> says, so Jericho, so I can prove that I'm better than Austin. Uh, who? And he says, oh, the larger-than-life living legend, the undisputed champion, Chris Jericho. Who? How? <laughs> and he says he's going to give Junior an undisputed beating. Uh, what does he have to say about that? And he starts getting into the Stone Cold gimmick, does Sasso. But he says, actually, it doesn't matter. It matters about his watch. It's time he face facts. And what his watch has got to say, and his watch is telling him, it's time to face facts. Chris Jericho is the better man, and he, he's just not going to be able to beat Jericho at no way out. And then he does this weird little, like a face and a cower, like... Which <laughs> tickled me somewhat. And it, it brings out the real Stone Cold. Uh, and obviously, immediately, Chris Jericho gets out of Dodge. And uh, Stone Cold asks, what is going on here? And uh, this is this is hell for, for, my, for Michael Sidgwick, basically. I've had the 20 years of this. What? Kipasa? <laughs> what? He says, oh, uh, Sidge, they're uh, going to ask me this on my deathbed. Like, you know, like my, my, my grandchildren are going to say, what did you do in the prime? What did you do <laughs> in the prime of your life? Like when you had every opportunity available to you, when you had all the, all the opportunities to do whatever you wanted to do on this life, family man, career, beautiful lands that you travel to. I listened to a bunch of <laughs> say what at me through the television screen for 20 <laughs> years. So I did. That's what I did with my life. <laughs> Your thoughts on the watch, Ant? Uh, I, I don't really have any. Like, I'm not... I don't How? Because I, I, I just... How? Uh, <laughs> why? Why? Because I, I just... My thoughts on the watch, Ant, are that... I watched the guy that I once loved really start to suck. And I just... I was desensitised to it because I was desensitised to him. That's my yeah. thoughts on the watch, Ant. I was just like, this is rubbish. You're rubbish now. Like, this machine has consumed you. Your body can't go anymore. Like, it's all, it's all finished. It's, it's all finished. <laughs> Best stop watching was the one thought I didn't have. <laughs> I, I did for a few years. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's do, it, he does the whole, say a sentence, he or the crowd or both say, what? Uh, did Jericho put Sasso up to it? What? I'm going to win the titles at No Way Out. What? Uh, Jericho at one point tries to sneak attack Stone Cold. He just, I mean, that should, should have been a harbinger of things to come because he just batters him, yep. chucks the tiles out, and goes, "Yeah, it's off." Uh, and Jericho still tries to be like swaggering out, oh, "Undisputed champion." <laughs> and uh, in the midst of this, Sasso tries to sneak away because Jericho's getting beaten up, and he says, "Get your ass back in here!" After he's told Chris Jericho to get his ass out of here, uh, and he says, "Do you? What? Do you, look at you, Stone Cold. Do you feel good? What? Are you proud of yourself? What?" You don't even smell like beer. And he says, oh, do you want to drink a beer with the real Austin? And asks Sasso, because he's a good actor, gets this little smirk on his face, and he's like, I'm going to get away with one here. Uh, and Austin gets some beers. That bloke, and I always forget, if, is he, what's his name? Mark Eaton. The Thank incredible people. arm. Yep. Uh, just perfect. And uh, he promises never to dress up like Austin again, and they cheer and toast. And then, of course, Stone Cold. Stone Cold Stun is in. Brilliant sell by Sasso. I mean, I know my most recent memory of a Stone Cold Stunner is tainted <laughs> somewhat, but what a fantastic sell by Will Sasso. Yeah. It, 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 look, it remains to this day, I guess, that thing that people are like almost honoured to get to take, some, like make it count. 
And yeah, it celebrates beer, etc., etc. You, you were not a fan of this. No. Get to the comments. I'd somehow make this about porn. Just really, <laughs> really briefly as well. Like, this is just to put over somebody else. Chris Jericho wins that title. You know, it's supposed to be super prestigious and all that. But I think he beat Stone Cold and The Rock on the same night. <laughs> you know, paper champion from the off. Royal Rumble. This is like the, the insecurity rankings of like the WWE, like the top guys. Royal Rumble defeats The Rock, pins him, middle of the ring. Steve Austin eats him up at No Way Out, like loses. Did The Rock give him something at the Royal Rumble? Loads. Oh. Give him loads. The tagged on. There was like Lance Storm in the field. This, like, Jericho was the uber cheater, and that, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. that was the story, but The Rock like gave him so much. And bear in mind, The Rock had put him over twice in 2001 as well. Did he? I was just, I'm just thinking, you know, people often say Stone Cold and The Rock. You know, which one's better? Well, your question right there. To be honest, but still. This is the point. Your argument stands up here. Like, Rock, super secure. New is this big star. New is this big deal. Austin, increasingly insecure. Mm-hmm. Loses to him in, like, the like most selfish way possible. It's all about that Jericho's not even on screen at the end. It's all about the NWO giving him a rubbish beatdown. WrestleMania, Triple H beats him. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. there, there it is. That's, the, you, that's everybody playing their exact roles by this point. Uh, should we get to the comment section? Yes. They're I'm... not too bad on this, I'll say that. Uh, well, there's one. Um, these do not reflect the views of myself, the Daddy Boys, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Amir Iqbal nails it with this Sasso thing, because I was like, oh, he's really good, but he's just a bit weird. Hmm. He writes, the fake Austin moves like a PS2 character. Which is quite <laughs> good. He was quite robotic in his... Oh, what, does, what would Austin do here? Oh, a razor fist. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Vathal Paul writes, oh, back when wrestling was wrestling, it's never going to be like this ever again. It's the same shoe. It's also, I love it when we get these, when it's like glory days, and you're like, no, the glory days have already passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Jawan uh, Luck. I love it when a crowd goes, what? <laughs> no, you don't. No, because some people do their arseholes. Yep. So many arseholes in this world. I don't, I don't think there's a... Have you ever said what? Wrestling short and follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anyone who lived through what who could stayed with wrestling now, who would say, oh, I still like the Watt chant. Because I lived through what, enjoyed what. People still see it. Yes, granted. It's the worst people alive. <laughs> You're not like a nice, be, uh, polite person with like compassion or like a sense of respect and courtesy for your common man in your everyday life, but you're just you're one of these assholes who goes, what? Shut up, boring asshole. Just sit on your hands and just... Mm. Silence is worse to these people. Question for you, Michael Sidgwick. Twin Peaks, I know, is one of your favorite shows ever. What's, in terms for you, is some, like, peak comedy? It doesn't have to be your favorite, just something you, you often go back to and are really entertained and laugh at. The absolute peak of comedy is seasons three to eight, uh, three to seven of The Simpsons. Right. But you, and stuff you laugh at loud, and you love stand-up and things like that as well. I'm not the biggest stand-up guy. Hey. Seinfeld, Curb, Arrested Development, first two seasons, okay. seasons three to eight of uh, so bear Simpsons. bear that in mind, so that's, that's, your, that's your thing. I know what's coming, Dick. Come over to Almost Finished 215, who writes, I have never laughed so hard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. I got the old, maybe a little, you know, the, the nose snort that we often do. <laughs> but just imagine that. Like, oh, it's always sunny. Yeah, it always, always sunny. Look, that's probably the most belly laughs ever. Yeah. Laughing, thinking to myself of like how hmm, sometimes we translate it to ha, <laughs> <laughs> like a forum or a tweet or something like that. Just like, yeah, Doctor, you can't stop laughing. <laughs> it's Will Sasso and Stone Cold saying, What? Like, YouTube comment there. Watch this, this. PMSL. <laughs> send, yeah. send comment. Ruffle. <laughs> uh, Big Dumb writes, 
Lol, when he gave him that stunner, he rolled on his head looking like the Pillsbury Doughboy, which did tickle me to one. He'd go back harsh, and watch yeah, it. A bit harsh. And uh, you said this. You said, always find something. One comment. Like, what, what do you remember of Chris Jericho in this, apart from he was wearing the Unisputed Championships? He had, like, sort of chessboard trousers or something on, didn't he? And, yeah. a, like, a Playboy jacket, mm-hmm. I think. And he, he looked fairly... He was in good shape. Mm-hmm. In good shape. Stevie Levy Hart just writes, Oh, Jericho, f*** me. I don't think that's meant to be the takeaway from this, this whole thing. Was he not, like... And also, they got so excited with the F me comment that they've written, you know when you go like, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, one, exclamation mark, that's in there as well. Have you not just like, misread the tone because it's in like, because <laughs> yes. like, like for most of 2020, I was going, oh God, Jericho, f- me. <laughs> like there, uh, I felt like that pretty much until this Eddie Kingston match. <laughs> so there we have it. Um, my thanks to uh, Connor G93. If you want to suggest again something uh, for us to review instead of a God awful Raw segment or a main event of Monday Night Raw, you know, if they're just going to end it on a bloody DQ, uh, then you can do so by uh, subscribing to What Culture Dressing on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review on there. Uh, and that has been the Raw Review. Uh, let us know your thoughts on everything at What Culture WWE on Twitter. Well, I say you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later on today to look ahead to NXT. Do, but, oh! I really hope that the stress of that hasn't made you piss yourself, by the way. It's <laughs> been the rule. Desperate, man. <laughs> My thanks to the Daddy Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.